You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com, where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. Huh. That is that is a little odd. But that it's our like four times. It, 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 like, it reads one that says, sorry, we cannot automatically connect to the voicemail box at this moment. What? Oh. That is that's just everything's everything's coming up Millhouse here on episode 169 of the Foreign Affair Podcast. Wes, let's finally do this intro right. Everything is exploding in the world of soccer. Things are going nuts. Oh my god, the Aussie Cup has just put us over the edge. <sighs> I, it's we're we're edging completely out of the blue here on the front of her podcast. Edward Green joined live again. You can tell it's live. Because he's talking on his cell phone. That's Wes Bradshaw. Um, technology has failed us, but not enough to the point where we can't do the pod. No, no, no. That's how committed we are. Um, we are going to continue to strive to bring you this podcast presented by NGSC Sports and NGSCSports.com. We never stop. Uh, there is usually another sponsor I would mention here. We're not mentioning them anymore. And it's a shame because, man, that White House communications position joke from last week was going to be a really good follow-up this week but nope no no more of that so um oh well it it happens so Wes immediately we're, we're gonna head to the football uh real quick let's start off um last week I told you guys um I recorded last week's pod um prior to the gold cup final between United States and Jamaica actually taking place um the United States comes away with a 2-1 victory courtesy of an 88th minute winner from Jordan Morris um Josie Altador also scored in the match for the United States Javon Watson uh the equalizer for Jamaica in the 50th minute that uh kind of stunned the states into shock for a little while um but they did eventually pick up the win and uh, Wes, it's been a few weeks since we talked, so I, I guess you know we we can we can talk a little bit about the final. But I guess just kind of give your thoughts too about uh, where the U.S. stands. I guess in general, right now they've they've won their first trophy back under Bruce Arena. So yay, everything's great, right? So, I don't really see it as, oh, he took so 
somebody's chance away from him. No, he gave him a chance. They weren't performing. He, he had the means to replace him. So he replaced him. I have no issue with what Arenas did. Uh, I think they may have gotten a little fortunate with Jamaica shockingly knocking Mexico out of the semifinal. Yeah. But hey, the other day it works out. The United States gets Jamaica. Jamaica gives them all they want. But the U.S. comes out and gives the victory. And they lift the gold cup for the sixth time. And for Bruce Arenas, I mean, you can't ask really for a – he cannot ask for a better start than his second tenure here in charge of the United States national team. Yeah, I thought if there was one guy, you know, you know, or maybe even two, like guys like Kellen Acosta – who who did play pretty well in the uh, in some of the or not not Kellen Acosta that's not who I'm thinking of. Um, who am I thinking of? There was there was a yeah there there was a really good there was a player who actually played pretty well. It was it's not Dom Dwyer either. Um, even though he kind of fits in with what I'm trying to say, um, Kellen Acosta. Or Kellen Rowe. I don't know. One of the Kellens, whichever one got uh, left behind. Uh, I, I was a little surprised about him and Dom Dwyer just because right now, yeah, it's not a bad thing that to try and win the cup. You bring in the guys like Altidore and Dempsey, who, let's be real, Dempsey was probably the reason the United States won this gold cup. He was a great substitute off the bench, especially in that semifinal against Costa Rica. Um I I would have liked to have seen some of the young guys get blood in with the guys who they might be playing games with if they make it to the 23 that go to Russia next year. That that's that's my qu- only quibble with the lineup. I don't mind bringing in the some of the veterans back, but guys like Graham Susie who was a train wreck at right back and and has no business really being back on this team. I wonder why he's still getting shots going into the knockout stage as opposed to some of the other guys. But um, all in all, you know, that that is a win. Now with a a win two years from now, the United States will go to the Confederations Cup in 2021. Yay, big, 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 big yays for that. Um, so we'll have to see. Well, they go, is it the Confederations Cup? Yeah, that is that is four years from now. That will be in Qatar. Actually, it will be in four and a half years from now because that one will have to be played in the uh, in the winter because you may not know this, but Qatar is kind of hot in the summer. Who who knew? Kind of damn hot in the winter too over there. Jesus, it's not like you're, <laughs> it's not like you're going to it's like you're going to Fairbanks, Alaska or anything in the winter. So. Hey. Do you guys remember how hot it was three years ago in Manaus? Think about an entire World Cup played like that. It'll be great. But, but it, it'll be dry. <laughs> the dry heat. <laughs> oh, I can't stand the dry heat. Um, one thing I'll also say as, as far as Mexico goes, um, yes, the United States was maybe a little fortunate that Jamaica went ahead and knocked him out. On the flip side... Mexico had also just competed in this year's edition of the Confederations Cup. So this wasn't exactly Mexico's A, maybe not even B team that came to the uh, to the Gold Cup. So I, this this was in, I think, many ways, the United States tournament to lose. 
And um, thankfully this time they, they didn't lose it, uh, winning it for the first time since uh, 2013 under uh, Jurgen Klinsmann. So that's that's the soccer talk. Uh, people people have been messaging us that there's another tournament happening in the United States. Apparently Tottenham Hotspur played in it. I don't believe them. I don't. I, that that didn't happen. Those and it's the most star-studded of preseason tournaments. Uh, you're not not talking. About, you mean you mean the Audi Cup? Well, the Audi Cup obviously is a step above everything because it has completely exonerated all of Atletico Madrid's uh, past missteps, and of course, Klopp must be fired for not winning another trophy. Just real quick, and because and what we're talking about here is the Audi Cup final, uh, Liverpool after beating Bayern Munich uh, two days ago, it was? No, no, 24 hours ago. Okay, excuse me, 24 hours. 24 hours ago, Liverpool beat Bayern Munich in Germany? In Munich. In At Munich. the Allianz Arena. At the Allianz. Um... And and now twenty four hours later they lose in, in penalties to Atletico Madrid, um, and 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 Wes as he loves to do likes to uh, he follows the Liverpool fan pages, and um, there were some comments there that he did not appreciate. Uh, now this guy is falling after one loss to one of the best five or six teams in the world after beating, regardless of the team they actually put out there, one of the five or six best teams in the world in their home stadium. So I, I guess my question is, yeah, I know fans always overreact, but like in 24 hours, have you ever seen something this whiplash? Cause we, we never see teams really at this level of soccer play 24 hours after a match. So this is unheard of. Watching during the during the actual match yesterday, or the day before, whatever. 
Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of players who, you know, this was not a big summer of international football. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were a few friendlies, but there were no big tournaments outside the Confederation Cup. And, you know, in the European leagues, most of their players had the summer off. If you really look at this Munich lineup, they're playing a lot of their guys. They had Lewandowski, Oliva, uh, Ribery, uh, Rafinha's playing. Um, you know, it's, uh, Thomas Fuller's playing. I mean, this is, uh, this is kind of close to what you're going to see in the starting 11 for Bayern Munich. And Liverpool just absolutely tore them apart. Uh, goals from Salah and Mane in the first half. Uh, Mohamed Salah right now has, you know, he's looking like maybe the bargain of the summer at 36 million. He's already scored four goals here in the preseason. I want to give you 10 preseason goals for what they're worth. But he showed an explosiveness. He and Mane and Firmino and Coutinho already seem to have that that telepathic knowing of where the other's going to be. Mane shifted over to the left side. Liverpool, you know, season after when Mane went out having no speed down the league, maybe now have the fastest wing duo in the Premier League. Um, and, I mean, I'm, I'm watching this right now, and, Really, you know, we all, you're, there's always chances to score more goals in a football game than what you do. It seems like, I mean, Liverpool are just, and I'm at about the 43-minute mark here in the first half of this match. Liverpool have just completely owned Bayern Munich. And, you know, they look so fresh running down the wings. Um, I just, I was really impressed. And then Daniel Sturridge, Daniel Sturridge has the most Daniel Sturridge. 10 seconds of a match where he has a magnificent run, a brilliant chip, and then comes up blank. After being on for what, like five minutes? Uh, yeah, after being on for about five minutes. So, you know, <laughs> these are today. Luckily, <laughs> luckily for what we hear, not too, not too harsh of an injury. Uh, if they were playing on the weekend, apparently he would be fit. But, yeah. Klopp even put it down as for just a precaution, going ahead and just bringing him out. Uh, <laughs> but what you saw there, you know, you heard a lot of Liverpool fans scream and say, oh, you need to buy a striker, you need to buy a striker. Jordan Henderson put it best. If, and yes, it's a big if. Big if. If Liverpool can keep Daniel Sturridge, I think if Sturridge can get 20 to 25 matches in, I, I, don't, think that, I don't think they could have gone and bought a better striker for less than 50 million pounds yeah. than what Daniel Sturridge can bring you. Um, so I, I don't think Liverpool are done with their business, but I do not believe you're going to see a striker coming in. I think the only chance you can see a big-name striker coming in is if for some reason Liverpool do decide to sell the league continue to Barcelona. Even though Klopp has been more than adamant that, guys, you're wasting your time, this is not going to happen. Um, I have heard a rumor that if Coutinho moves, Liverpool may go right in and buy a Bumiang with the money. Mm-hmm. But I don't believe that's going to happen. I think Liverpool, just the way Liverpool play, the way Klopp wants to play, you don't have to have that, you don't need that Ibrahimovic-type striker mm-hmm. who's just that guy that you have to feed up front. Right. If you look at it, if, you know, Liverpool's first goal in this match was a Mane goal, it was perfectly set up by Coutinho or I'm sorry, by Roberto Firmino playing that false nine role in the 4-3-3. Mm-hmm. And 
Firmino is just, he, he's perfect. He's not your 30, he's not your Harry Kane goal return striker. But Roberto Firmino triggers the press up front, and he is a ferocious presser who will score you 15, maybe 20 goals this season. And it's just, he starts the press so well, and everything plays off him pressing up front. That, it, you know, at a bummy age, a, a slap hand, you know, those guys aren't really cut out to do exactly what Jurgen Klopp wants. Well, isn't that... So isn't, that's, that's why I don't see Liverpool going in for one of those big money, big name strikers. Well, isn't that why Benteke, I mean, there, there are other reasons, but isn't that a lot of why Benteke didn't work at Liverpool? I feel like we said this a lot last year, the couple times it happened, and it just never lived up to it. Again this year, and maybe even more so this year, the Man City-Liverpool matches should be, should be must-see TV. Because City's going to want to play with Liverpool, and if, if it is on a good weather day, that should be, that could be like a 5-4 game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he could be the key to maybe 
unlucky Manchester United, maybe unlucky a Chelsea or a Tottenham. And I believe last year he did unlock Tottenham once, if I'm not mistaken. I can't exactly remember. Um, but, no. you know, those were... It wasn't Sturridge. No, it was because uh, the home one, the one at White Hart Lane was uh, someone from the spot. I guess it was probably Milner um, in the uh, in the one one. And I think I thought the one at Anfield was um, a Mane brace. It might have been. It might have been. Uh, but it was it was someone uh, uh, Sturridge was able to open up last season to do some things that. You know, it's, it's coming back to the same thing for Liverpool this year. It's, it's going to be that again because, you know, now right now, uh, Salah is going to help that because, once again, that's going to give them some incisiveness off the wing. It's going to give you the, the dual threats down the wing. Uh, right now, Liverpool are maybe the best counter-attacking team in England. Yeah. Uh, but right now, they just they don't have that incisiveness. Liverpool can play possession. They just don't have the incisiveness to totally break down other teams in possession. That's where maybe an acquisition like an Abby Tyson could have helped us out because he, he seems to have that incision. He can get around two or three guys and go forward and try to open things up. Uh, that doesn't look like it's going to happen. I, I, you know, I said earlier in the in the summer is don't count out this Virgil Van Dyke Liverpool, <laughs> and I believe that really looks like it's going to happen now. Um, that just, I think that just more remains of oh, when's it going to happen as opposed to if it's going to happen. Nabby Tyson, I'm still, I'm still holding out about a 10% that maybe, just maybe, because there were reports today that he has turned down and is turning down any extension with Leipzig because there is a 48 million pound uh, release clause in his contract that kicks into effect next summer. Mm-hmm. So if he's not going to re-sign with Leipzig, Leipzig are looking at this like, damn, we're losing, you know, we're losing 25, 30 million pounds right here if we just hold on to him for another season. Mm-hmm. So there is going to be a decision for Leipzig to make. I think he's going to stay. I just, uh, I'm just not, I'm just not a hundred percent that he won't end up at Liverpool. But I don't think it's a great chance. But as for Van Dijk. I think it's about an 80% chance right now that Van Dyke does end up at Liverpool. Uh, but still, and that does help in the back, but still Liverpool may be lacking that little bit of incisiveness this year uh, unless we see some improvement from some of the other players. And you guys can look forward to hearing this exact same speech next week when we do our Premier League preseason preview. Please enjoy. I'll go, I'll go much deeper next week. Don't worry. <laughs> Oh, that's great! It's always it's it's good to have Liverpool Weekly back live on the podcast. Um, so, with with that talk of transfers and with both of those players you just mentioned getting into as the they like to say in Europe bust ups with their teammates um, and something that has become more and more. Let's head the news and notes. Um, and and as loyal listeners of the podcast will know, I am I am loathed. I I hate. I absolutely hate. To, to talk about deals that have not yet happened because I, I have a tendency to get burned. Even, even the Nemanja Matic one from a few weeks ago, I was a little nervous about, but it ended up going through. So Nemanja Matic has uh, officially joined United. Um, and actually, actually made his uh, debut today against 
Mm-hmm. Um, so he's what? Yes, yes, he is. He's he's busted right over um, from from Chelsea. Um, but we're, we're gonna lift the uh, the embargo because, as far as I know, West Bradshaw. Neymar is still with Barcelona. Uh, this is 11.08 p.m. on Wednesday, August 2nd. Um, as of right now, Neymar still resides with Barcelona. But all things point to PSG. He's going in what would be, I believe, double the biggest move ever in the history of world football. Neymar, the Brazilian, going from Barcelona to Paris Saint-Germain. And maybe Alexis Sanchez is going to join him there. And and as Wes kind of mentioned earlier, maybe in response, Barcelona is going to try to get Philippe Coutinho to come take Neymar's place. It's very weird. So for so for one week, I will I will lift the veil. We will we will wildly speculate. We'll we'll take off our yoga pants. We'll take off our sweatpants. We'll put on a sexy negligee, and we'll get down and dirty here. Um, Wes, this is this is weird because I, I we we've talked, and you know the time we were together when we were watching the Champions League final, uh, and other times this summer, it, it seemed like the big story this year was where's Kylian Mbappe gonna end up, and. It still seems like he's going to move. It sounds like today he's told Monaco he wants a move. But all of a sudden, this Neymar to PSG story has just exploded. Messi put out a story today on Instagram saying goodbye. You know, La Liga saying we're going to block the move if you do it because of financial fair play. I, I don't know. And then that's and that's why, like. There, there have been crazy deals, Wes. I mean, and a couple years ago, we saw, you know, the David De Gea saga between Manchester United and Real. We saw Paul Pogba last year going to United and with Zlatan. And, and we've seen big moves. But this one, with the, with the quickness that it has happened, with the, the unknowingness on both sides, I can't recall something like this taking place. Thirty-six 
Sure. You know, you do it in installments. Well, Barca, I hate to say, I mean, I don't want to call them, like, petulant here, but they are acting a little petulant. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's one thing when when it's a release clause. It's not that you're bargaining to sell them. It's a release clause. Mm-hmm. I mean, once you hit that, it is it is totally the player's choice, and there's really nothing the team that's able to do about it. But now sitting here saying, all right, well, fine, you hit the release clause, you got to pay us all over the front. And then the league itself, the league is saying they're going to block the move. That, to me, that, that's, that's weird. I, I don't understand all of that, how they have the power to, the league has the power to block the move. Um, but it, it's, it, obviously, Neymar wants this move. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's beyond obvious. Neymar wants this move for for whatever reason, and the reason probably fifty million pounds a year. <laughs> that's I think that's one of them. Salary that he's going to receive. I mean, he's basically making a million pounds a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll go. Sure, I'll go. Um, and, and 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 here's here's another thing I heard. China has been giving out these huge contracts. Neymar gets the best of both worlds. He gets the massive contract. And stays in the Champions League. Yeah. And stays in Europe. He doesn't have to go to China to get this insane amount of money. It's true. I mean, he's he staying in hell. I mean, he's just moving from Spain to France. And yeah, it's not quite the same league, but still, you're in the Champions League. And you're on one of the top, at this point, one of the top 10 clubs in the world in PSG. So, and with Neymar being there, you've got to, you've got to think that's going to help them attract more players in the future as well. So it's just it is a crazy situation right now. I I don't know how it's going to end up. I, I, I'm ninety nine percent sure Neymar is going to end up at PSG. But just the logistics of how this is going to go down and the nastiness level that this can get to—that's the crazy part. And, and you know what's funny is it's happening to Barcelona, who are the ones who are usually going out. You know, it's kind of like Liverpool, Southampton on a larger scale. Yeah. Where you know, usually Barcelona are the ones who are plucking everybody in player trouble, and this time Barcelona getting one of their, you know, the, their, I guess you, could, you know, they call them MSN, we can call them the triple threat, the big three. They're getting one of the big three plus, and it's the one who is on his way to being, truth be told, the biggest star in the world. Mm-hmm. So it's not only that they're losing a great player, they're losing one of the best players in the world, they're losing that media superstar who have gotten himself just, say, just under where Ronaldo and Messi are on the world stage as a brand. Neymar's right there. Well, yeah, and I... And, and, I, and, they're, and they're losing that. I think, I think even more than the player, that's what they're upset that they're losing that. Yeah, I, and I think, I think that's a lot of the reason he wants to go to PSG. I think, you know, th- there's only so many years Messi has left, but... Messi and Neymar aren't that different in age. I think there's only about four or five years between them. And and if Neymar... Uh, I, I think it might be a little more. I'm going to look that up real quick. Sure. Go ahead. Um, well, and my larger point is, you know, if, if Neymar wants to become the best player in the world, he can't do it on Barcelona while Messi continues to be the man. And basically, as long as Messi's going to be there, he's going to be the man. So, for all the reasons you mentioned, PSG is still in the Champions League. So, there's it's not a step down from that. 
he's probably going to win the treble. They're going to win the league. Haha, ha, Monaco, good job last year, but you're not winning it this year. Um, and they're probably going to win the two French domestic cups. So he has a chance to win four trophies because I think if they do this and if that rumored Alexis Sanchez deal comes through, PSG, I think, becomes a legitimate choice to pick to win the Champions League next year. And it's, it's about a five-year difference. Messi's 30 and uh, Neymar 25. So. Right. So, Messi, so Neymar will be entering the prime of his career on a Barcelona mm-hmm. team when Messi will – He'll probably lose a step in the next couple of years, but be, because of right. the things he does, he, he and he's smart enough to play off that. So yep. and, and so, if Neymar wants to be the man, he has to go win. In I think in his mind, the Champions League with a different team and and PSG, yep. I think gives him a a semi realistic shot to do it because at this point, who are they worse than? Real and maybe Bairn? Like, I think they're probably better than Juventus. I think they're they're better than they're better than probably. Juventus might argue with you, but overall, I mean, they're. I I mean, I think there's there's kind of a big four in the world right now, Mm -hmm. and Barcelona. I think Barcelona, Real are probably. The top of the heap right now, as just consistent year sure. in year yeah. right there. Um, and, and let's remember though, it did take, it took an absolute monumental comeback slash collapse for PSG yeah. to not make the round of eight last year, and yeah. and Neymar on Barcelona's side was a big reason for that. And this is, I think, this is a PSG team that becomes a legitimate threat. You know, maybe even more so than when it was Latan and Cavani running the show. It might be even a better team than that. So this is, I, I think this is a great move. I, I'm sure the money has a bit to do with it. Like, like don't get it twisted. Like the money is obviously a huge part of it. But I, I think there is something else there um, for Neymar to make this move. Um, as far as the uh, what the Spanish uh, La Liga president said, um, Javier Tabas said it in this article on Goal.com says, quote, even if PSG do not meet Neymar's release clause, we are going to report them. We have already warned the president of Paris Saint-Germain that we would do so. And we see that PSG's policy has continued in the same manner. They cannot invent some numbers where their commercial rights exceed those of Real Madrid and Barcelona. Nobody believes that. So they are going to, because of FIFA, uh, or sorry, UEFA's financial fair play, which whoopty friggin' do, and um, with the problems Neymar's had in the court um, moving from out of Brazil, that they're going to try to block this. But I just, I don't, if the contract is in place to be a release clause, I don't see how La Liga between, but in, a, in a move between clubs of different leagues can step in and block this. You know, people have said for a long time that La Liga obviously favors Real and Barcelona. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm going to say this: if I'm if I'm any of the other 19 teams in La Liga, mm-hmm. assuming there's 20 in there, I can't remember 20, 20, I'm sitting here like, wait, what's a goddamn minute here? What the hell? 
you know, I'm an I'm an athletico. People come and pick my guys off all the time. I mean, shit, I barely kept Greetsman. Yeah, that's there. what I was about to say. You, no, you didn't say anything when Greetsman was going to go. From me? No. And it comes back. That, that, I mean, this look, I think this looks really bad on La Liga, and you know, for Barcelona, it looks like oh well, you know, the teacher's pet. Here we go, the teacher's pet once again. Yeah. And that's 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 a real shame because this is something that could have been dealt with, I think, very gracefully. I think Neymar's mind may have been made up for a while, and there was there there was a way I think that this could have been handled a lot better. Um, I think on Neymar's side, this this the, he's he hasn't been perfect in this, but. I mean, Barcelona and and La Liga are acting like spoiled children right now, and it's it's kind of a shame to see with with one of the best players in the world that this is happening. Yeah, I, I mean, I understand. You know, Barcelona. I know Barcelona are pissed. You know, for the simple fact that they put this massive release clause, feeling oh, no one can ever touch this clause, so we're fine. Well, you know what? There are teams out there that have a Load of money. Mm-hmm. And you know what? One of them happened to call your hand on it. You know what? Hey, if you if you really want to keep them, do what Liverpool did. Hey, we signed Coutinho, no release clause. Yeah. You know, and you know, <laughs> to me, that's like, well, you know, that's a you problem. You made it high, but somebody did it. Yeah. So that's that's just that's the name of the game. Well, and now, uh, oh, or sorry, go ahead. Um, and, and I guess now, if if this deal does in fact go through, and I'm I'm fully expecting it to go through sometime in the next eight hours between when the when this podcast ends and when this podcast goes up, um, uh, do do you do you see other dominoes falling? Like I, I did mention, you know, there is there have been reports. Reports I would never comment on otherwise, but there's been reports that Alexis Sanchez has agreed in secret to a four-year contract with PSG. Um, we talked about it again. You know, Philippe Coutinho could then end up going to Barcelona. He's reportedly told the club he wants to go. As you've mentioned, Klopp in every press conference over this summer has said basically he's not for sale at all. Um, do, do you see if this Neymar to PSG deal goes through, do you see any of these other dominoes falling because of that? Well, something's definitely going to happen because Barcelona's not going to pocket that money and say, well, we're good because they're not good. Yeah. I mean, you know, they, they really, really rely on that front three to do so much damage for them. Uh, as for Coutinho, and I, don't, I don't think I'm looking at it through Liverpool's tinted glasses here. I really don't think Coutinho is going anywhere. Um, 
Now, what I could see happening with Coutinho, I'm not saying I think Coutinho's going to be in Liverpool forever, mm-hmm. um, because you know, I, I'm, I'm more of a realist, I think, than some Liverpool fans, but I could almost see this being sort of like the Suarez deal. I was us. thinking that earlier today. You're exactly right. Yep. Uh, where, where we look at Coutinho, we're like, look, you know, we understand it's Barcelona, we understand you want to go, but but you are a massive part of this. Give us one year. Let's see what happens and we'll revisit this this summer. But you give us this season. We're back in the Champions League. We have a real chance. Whatever you think, Liverpool have a real chance to potentially win the league this year. Mm-hmm. Um, give us this one year. Next summer we'll sit down again. And if that's absolutely what you want to do and they give us a fair price, Okay. Because also, once again, Nabi Kaisa coming up next summer with that uh, release clause, that's a pretty good switch for switch there. You know, if you're mm-hmm. going to lose Coutinho, hey, Kaida will be a good one to come in and potentially take his place. Um, so that's why I really don't think you're going to see Coutinho move this summer. And as I just pointed out a few moments ago, there is no release clause to triggering Coutinho's contract. You can offer it to 100 million pounds and Klopp don't want to sell. Klopp's not going to sell. And and for Coutinho, I I don't believe Coutinho would do that, not the position position he has with that squad, with that club, and with the season they're about to have. I don't think Coutinho is going to be one to go on strike and say, no, sell me now. Right. Um, To me, the wild card of this whole thing if Neymar moves, is Kylian Mbappe. Mm. Because, you know, yeah, you know, it sounds like all oh, Madrid's going to get Madrid's going to get Well, you know what? Barcelona has 222 <laughs> million euros in their pocket. <laughs> I don't know, if, you know, all they've got to do is get to a bidding war with Real. I don't know if Real can even go with that kind of cash to get Mbappe. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're Barcelona, you sit there and you're like, hey, come right in. You slide right into Neymar's spot. You know, and once again, hey, you're the next Messi. Yeah. And hell, if you really want to talk the age difference is, you know, if I'm 12 years, 12 years younger than Messi. Right. So you really do wait three, four years. You're not even into your full prime yet, and you're the man. So I think the Mbappe could be really interesting, but. You know, they could, I mean, they would have plenty of money if they decided they wanted to get a bummy egg, they could do that. If they decided a lot of different players, they could go out and spend the money on them. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I just think the thing is, for Barcelona, there could be some panic because Barcelona were not expecting to have this issue. Right. Nobody I mean, was. for years to come, they thought, you know, hey, we've got this a lot now. They were not leaving us. we got this a lot now. And like you said, you said earlier, this this has kind of just come up quickly. There have been rumbles, but I don't think anyone ever took them really serious. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it it could be about to get crazy. I don't think the team is going anywhere, but there could be some, there could definitely be some movement. Hey, don't forget this. Um, I don't think he would really fit into that group, but you know, Chelsea's looking to move Costa from what we hear. Yeah. You know, could someone move someone, bring in Costa, and then that could be a, a, a domino that moves to Barcelona? I don't know. There's a, there, it is just, when you get a superpower like Barcelona, who 
suddenly have an absolute shit ton of money in their pocket, mm-hmm. a lot of things could happen because, you know, teams like, say, I'm just saying City and PSG because they're kind of that new, they're kind of that new money. Mm-hmm. They can they can offer a lot of money, but you know guys still look at you know pedigree and what your history is at times. You know, but when someone like a Barcelona comes to the table, where most guys would kill to play for Barcelona anyway, and then you've got the money to go behind it, it could be it could be crazy, crazy, crazy things that happen here in the month of August. August could just be off the chain before it sets up. Two chains, August. That's how it's gonna go. So that's that's gonna be something we're gonna be keeping an eye on. Um, we may do more talking of of rumors as we go down, mostly as as it relates to this, unless the dominoes just fall very very quickly. Um, you you have to imagine. I, I I mean maybe now that you've brought that up, maybe this this stalling and posturing is. Is Barcelona trying to buy time to figure out, well, what the hell do we do? Because maybe they've already yep. given up on them, and now it's just like, well, when when we do finally sell him, when, when we do let this go through, we need to have a replacement that the very next moment, oh, Neymar, we're announcing the, the, the release of Neymar, and we're announcing the signing of Kylian Mbappe at the same time. Yeah. So that, I think that's a great point you make. That you know, it is for them. It may be some posturing. It may be, hey, you know, just give us a few days. You know, we're we're going to fight this in the meeting and say we don't want to lose Neymar. But there is a good chance they're resigned to the fact they're going to lose Neymar. Let's let's find, let's have someone else in our pocket. So you know, the fans aren't thinking of Neymar for three weeks and we bring somebody in they're thinking of it maybe for two days and oh man this guy, now we got a pop and kick in us. We'll definitely see. I think uh, I think Killian and Bape, though, I think he just made a shit ton of money. Yeah. One way or another. Now. I mean more than he was already going to make and I think Monaco just made a shit ton more money than they were already going to make. <laughs> the, the big winner of, of the Neymar to PSG deal somehow becomes Monica. That's... And, uh, and I say this especially, you know, because all the rumors are him going around Madrid, so you know Madrid won him. Yeah. Can you imagine Madrid and Barcelona getting into a bidding war and then Kylian Mbappe picking between Barcelona and Real Madrid? Oh, that's great. That's delicious. Uh, I mean, somewhere you were going to be the most hated human being on Earth somewhere. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, speaking of the most hated human being on earth, um, we have a couple of Manchester United stories coming up here. Um, Man United, yeah, you like that. So keep, keeping the Segu game on point. Man United has been fined and Phil Jones has been banned for like two matches over anti-doping infringements. Um, Daily Blind is the one who's catching the fine from UEFA. Now, the reason that this... Absolutely. The reason for this is because uh, after the Europa League final uh, uh, back in May, they were supposed to tell everybody was supposed to take a drug test. Um, Jones was, according to reports, verbally abusive 
towards the officer and uh, didn't didn't want to partake in it after just winning the Europa League. So that's basically counts as a failed test. So Jones is banned uh, two um, two matches in UEFA, which means he will miss the Super Cup match because that's 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 a thing when they play Real Madrid. And uh, also their first Champions League group stage match game in September. He's also been fined a gigantic 5,000 euros. Uh, Blind um, was reluctant to take the test, but he ended up doing it. But he still got fined 5,000. Um, so apparently Blint wanted to. Uh, Blint was Blint was upset. They were both upset because they wanted to go celebrate, which I can understand. But at yeah. the same time, you know, if you get paid, just go piss in the damn cup. Guys. Yeah, come on, don't throw, don't don't throw a kiss about peeing in the cup. Yeah, don't don't be like Mamadou Sakho. Go pee in the cup. Just kidding. <sighs> in the cup. That was the problem. <laughs> That's true. He shouldn't have. He should have taken the two-game suspension and the fine. That's. But remember, it was technically yeah, instead of the whole way to our damn season. I'm still not happy about that. <laughs> <sighs> See, that's that's the way to do it. You can't get caught cheating if you don't let them test you. Rule safe. You know that's that's what it is. Uh, our second Manchester United story comes from uh, something that's near and dear to our house, potentially West Bradshaw. Although they might also be stealing one of our, uh, our our projects that we one time worked on and then never did anything with. Um, Manchester United may be signing a sponsorship deal with Tinder. Yes, the, the, the romance matchmaking app for your phone that allows you to chat with incredibly horny men like Phil Jones, may be coming to a Manchester United kit near you. Um, this the reported deal is for about £12 million a year and uh, would go into effect this year. Uh, according to this article from The Mirror uh, in, in the United Kingdom, the Premier League has changed sponsorship regulations this summer to allow teams to brand an extra company logo on their kits, providing it is limited to one sleeve, which means this year on the Chevy, yes, Chevy United kits, you will see one sleeve have the Premier League patch and the other potentially being the Tinder logo. <laughs> is this oh. is this this is going to become a thing, isn't it, Wes? Well, I mean, it, I'm not going to say this isn't a this isn't a quality sponsorship for United. I mean, we all know United are you know all about buying love anyway, and mm-hmm. you know they are. You, you got to be pretty damn basic to be a United fan, as it is. So. That's true. What's more basic than getting on Tinder? <laughs> Unless you were doing it like we were one time, just for our sheer enjoyment. Yes, still, still one of the more enjoyable evenings ever. Playing, playing, um, playing. What was it? Yeah, yeah. Basically, the Tinder game. The Tinder game with uh, ourselves and and one named technical producer Jackie. Um, Those we still we never used the super like. That was my one disappointment. We never used the super like. We have one. <laughs> just one. You don't want to we blow that one. thing too early. That's one the, in twenty-four hours because we weren't we weren't paying so we could get five. 
Exactly. Exactly. That's that's what they did with Paul Pogba. They used the super like and and they the, uh, they super like Pogba and they're trying to super like uh, Gareth Bale, but he just won't like him back. Aw, he swiped left. I don't remember. He swiped. Gareth Bale keeps swiping left, and United keeps making new profiles. Oh, that's true. <laughs> hey, who's this Bamchester United chick? Oh, it's just Josie again. Damn it. I mean, Jesus God, the guy's hooking up with the hottest girl in the room. I mean, he's just, he's in Real Madrid. Yeah. yeah. He's, got, he's got Cristiano, Jesus. Speaking of the hottest girl in the room. Um, so that's going to do it for our news and notes for this week again. There will be plenty more to talk about as this Neymar story unfolds and everything that goes along with it. Um, Wes, in the meantime, though, let's hit the watch for what have you been watching in the week that was or the week that will be? Uh, yeah, it's been a big few weeks since I've hit the watch for for us. And I've, I've got some stuff. Sweet. I've got some stuff in. Uh, number one, I have got to start off with the movie of the summer. And I got my chance. I made my way to the movie theater. I spent my hard-earned money happily to see Dunkirk. How was it? It was magnificent. I, I, I imagined you would like that. Christopher Nolan. I, I've heard it called Christopher Nolan's best film. I mean, it is, it is so good. There's, you know, here's the thing with it. Not a lot of dialogue in the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of talking. Um, basically, they tell three stories over three different time periods. There is uh, the air, the land, and the sea. The, the land is done over a week. The, the sea portion is done over a day, and the air, air portion is done over an hour. Mm-hmm. And they intertwine through the entire movie. Uh, just absolutely fantastic. Uh, a great cast. Julia Murphy, uh, Harry Styles. I was going to ask, how, how was it weird seeing Harry Styles in this movie? Not to me, because I don't really have much of a Harry Styles path. I know who he is. Mm-hmm. But it actually took me about half the movie to figure out which one he was. Oh, okay. Uh, and that's just because, you know, with this movie, I'll tell you, they do not... Christopher Nolan went into it. They do not do very much character development in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not about the characters. It is literally about what happened. Mm-hmm. And these just happen to be the people who are in this moment of time. Um, it, it is it is gripping. It is terrifying. Um, and here's the thing. I'm going to throw this in there. You know, if you look at it, it's only a PG-13 rank. Hmm. If you're if you're thinking that you're going in seeing basically another version of Saving Private Ryan, mm-hmm. it's not it's not gory. Um, you literally until the very end of the movie, nearly the very last scene, you don't see any Germans. Wow. Hmm. I mean, there's no fighting in the beach. There's no body parts being thrown all around. There is um, there's the terror of of being trapped in a ship that's sinking. Uh, there's, it's just, this movie revolves around, to me, the terror of trying to stay alive. Mm-hmm. And it's not, there are some, 
heroic parts of this movie, and there are some heroes, but a lot of it is terrified 17, 18, 19-year-olds who can see their own mortality in front of them mm-hmm. and are literally just praying for a miracle. That does happen. I mean, I, I'm not giving it away because I mean, Jesus Christ is a real event. <laughs> Spoiler alert for World War II. But, but it is it, it is fantastic. The use of just sound in this movie is fantastic. The most terrifying thing to those guys on the beach was the sound of a German dive bomber, mm-hmm. which is a very distinct sound. You hear that sound, you're like, oh shit, that's definitely happening. I was I was shown Saving Private Ryan in high school. Would you uh, would you rather would you recommend people show this movie instead? Would you recommend people show both? What what did Dunkirk 
definitely does not have the gruesome, the gore, the horror. But mm-hmm. it's a different sort of horror of war right. than what you saw in Save the Private Ryan. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I I have been trying this entire time to figure out what my watch for would be. Well, if, if you want to wait a little longer, I have a TV show to recommend. Please go ahead. What's the TV show? It's, it's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. Uh, the History Channel is doing a six-part series called American Ripper. Oh. Which um, is basically, if you've, if you've ever heard of America's first uh, serial killer, was a man by the name of H.H. H. Holmes, mm-hmm. who terrorized the Chicago area back in the 1890s. Uh, a great, great, the great, great grandson of H.H. H. Holmes has long mm-hmm. had, a, had an idea, had a theory mm-hmm. that H.H. H. Holmes was actually Jack the Ripper. Ah, yes, I've heard of this, yes. And, uh, and they have. Where he and a, a former uh, female who worked for the CIA, they basically taken the case and they they've gone and they're trying to put it together. And they're four episodes into a six episode series, and I, I, I'm absolutely I'm, I'm totally into it. It's been fantastic. Uh, nothing at, through through four, nothing has been obviously verified, but there is definitely enough evidence at this point to sit there and think, holy shit, this really could have been. Say my uh, here's what I'll do for my watch for because the series is ending Thursday tonight when you guys are getting this podcast. Uh, Canadian show Saving Hope, um, starring Michael Shanks, um, formerly of Stargate SG One, and Erica Durance, um, formerly of Smallville, I believe she was on. Um, at, for a doctor that could see ghosts and kind of tried to elevate it above like the Grey's Anatomy of the world. Good show, five seasons, 85 episodes, it ends tonight. So for you guys at Saving Hope and, and the Canadian television crew, um, good job. You probably made it longer than a lot of people did. You made it longer than NBC, I'm sure, thought they did because NBC stopped airing it in America after the first season. So thankfully that didn't derail the next four seasons to just air on Canadian TV, which I then watched through the lending links that people would helpful, hope, hopefully just send me. So thanks for those lending links, guys. You guys are, you guys are great sending me those, those lending, lending links. Also psych is coming back with a movie. I don't think we've mentioned this psych is coming back with a movie this Christmas. The, the gang is getting back together and I couldn't be happier because psych is a fantastic show and I loved it. So it, it'll be good to see. It'll be good to see them coming back. Because um, Comic-Con happened. Um, not that big a Comic-Con this year. Um, but yeah. So something that happens at Comic-Con is sometimes they show anime. And I know that there's a guy who loves anime and is currently wrestling in the WWE. That man is Xavier Woods. He was part of what I heard was was a great SmackDown 
because it was a great main event between Nakamura and John Cena, even though John Cena almost broke his neck. So he's going to have to apply some Vaseline, Wes, as we get so wrong. So wrong. Took the long way. Okay. Um, with my work schedule this week, I have yet to watch Raw. Um, That's fine. From what I've read, it looks like it was a pretty good show. Maybe not quite to last week level, mm-hmm. but not bloody bad either way. Uh, the big match of the night was the triple threat between uh, Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, Samoa Joe. Literally just for that, I'm definitely going to go back and watch Raw sometime this week when I get the chance uh, because I know those three beat the shit out of each other. Reigns ends up winning it a spear on Samoa Joe. He wins it. Uh, with that one, we're counting down to the fatal four-way at SummerSlam. Brock Lesnar, Joe, Reigns, and Strowman. And if you don't think there's going to be some guys who are going to take a few lumps, a few peanut ones in that match, injury. You've got another thing coming, mister. They better have the ice machines ready to get those bag of ices ready when that is done. Mm. Yes, sir. That's going to be a big one. All right, folks, now on the SmackDown where I didn't get the chance. I watched SmackDown live. Nice. Live this week. Live. SmackDown live. I was excited. I got my notepad out. I took my notes. I know what happened, man. I can talk about it all. I'm so excited. Uh, real big thing, uh, real quick uh, on Raw. Bailey, little news. Bailey may be out of her SummerSlam match against Alexa Bliss. Uh, looks like she is shoot actually injured her shoulder Aww. in a match on Monday night. Um, so there is some real concern that Bailey will not be ready for her SummerSlam match. So that would that would suck. Even though I'm not really big on this Bailey storyline right now, mm-hmm. it would suck for her because you know man, Bailey's legit. You know she really cares. She's she's really into it. It would suck to have her miss out on the women's main event. Um, so hopefully it won't be quite as bad as what they're thinking it'll be, mm-hmm. and she'll be back ready to rock and roll quickly. Uh, but hey, our thoughts going out there. Hey, we want some Bailey. Yeah. Kevin Owens. 
whole thing broiling with shame and man over the weeks, and we're going to get to a little bit of that. Um, they ended up having, it was a good match. I still don't think it's the best match you're going to see from Owens and Styles. I think you give them the pay-per-view, which we're going to get the pay-per-view now at SummerSlam. AJ Styles ends up retaining the title. It is a controversial finish because this week, uh, in the match, Owens ended up punching the referee in the face by accident. Whoops. Styles up out of the way. He hits the ref. And then Styles reverses a power bomb, rolls up Owens for the one, two, three. But clearly, Kevin Owens' shoulder was up. The official, though, struggling to see after being punched in the face, didn't see the shoulder up. Owens gets counted down. Styles retains his title. Owens is the backstage area. They immediately go to the backstage. Owens is throwing a freaking shit fit. He's breaking things, smashing things, turnover tables, destroying everything in sight. When Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon confronted, he's livid. He says, you saw it, you saw it, you missed it. I just just give him the business. And then he says he wants a rematch, but he wants it with a real referee, um, not these crap referees that they usually have. And Daniel Bryan says, well, that's fine. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you the rematch at SummerSlam, and Shane McMahon is going to be the special guest referee, which sends Owens even into more of a rage. <laughs> because as we said, he has been having this building – feud uh, it looks like with Shane McMahon going over the last few weeks so that's going to be a SummerSlam match that is going to be a big time SummerSlam match I'm really finally looking forward to seeing the great Owens AJ Styles match that I've been waiting for McMahon's going to be the referee some crazy shit could go down it, it, it's going to be good I'm excited that it's going to be really good um, and Kevin Owens Kevin Owens meltdown was just Absolutely epic on this one. Uh, the Usos came out. They troll the New Day. They give a really good promo after they jump and beat the living shit out of the New Day last week. Uh, we, we get them coming out this week. No New Day. Selling the injuries. And uh, Usos come out. Do some really good mic work. The Usos are just at a different spot in their career right now than they've ever been. They're no longer these lovable baby faces who wear the paint and do the do the Islander gimmick. I mean, they're, they're basically just like badasses now. And it's, it really works for them. A uh, really good match they had. Rusev took on Chad Gable. Uh, Rusev ends up getting the win. And he and Gable uh, flip finishers at the end. Rusev gets out of the ankle lock. Finally puts Gable in the ankle leg. Gets with the tap out. Rusev gets on the mic. He says uh, yeah, he doesn't have an opponent for SummerSlam, and that's ridiculous. He wants someone who can give us competition, and he is answered by Randy Orton, the Viper, who is finally away from that damn world title picture. <laughs> uh, you knew my opinion of Orton and um, the, the Jinder Mahal. Mm-hmm. I was not excited about that. I have hopes for Randy Orton and Rusev. I think that could be really good. Uh, Rusev's just really entertaining where I think Jinder Mahal is entertaining but not in the same way and you need someone to kind of break it up a little bit with Mahal and Randy Orton's not that guy Randy Orton's just very straightforward and uh, I'm kind of looking forward to this I think it'll be good for both of them especially if Rusev goes over finally we have the dream match Cena versus Nakamura 
and they go back and forth, back and forth. Um, it started off kind of slow, but it, it really ended up picking up later in that match. Um, Nakamura, to me, is just, he has not been the same since coming to uh, WWE for the main roster that he was in NXT, and certainly not like he was when he was in New Japan and literally ruling the world almost when he was over there. Uh, but this brought out some of the best in him. Cena has the ability to do that. And at the end of the day, um, Cena hits him with an AA. He kicks out of an AA. Cena hits him with another one later and then rolls and tries to go for a second one. When he goes for the second one, Nakamura slips out, picks him up, does a belly-to-back suplex, which just looked absolutely horrible. Yeah. Like it, I mean, it literally looked like Cena was about to break his neck. That said, that's what happens in Japan, like, nightly. <laughs> um, I mean, it's just, and, and that's why New Japan just looks so, it looks so different in the ring from WWE, because they call it strong style, and that's what strong style means. It really looks like they're killing each other. Um, but they can do it for work. Cena, yeah, everybody else was freaking out. John Cena's like, I mean, it's okay. I'm fine. Don't worry about it. Right. Uh, but he drops him. He drops him with the middle of the back. Then hits him. I still call the knee the Bumaye. It's always been the Bumaye to me. They call it the Kinshaw Maka now. I don't know. Because, of course, you know, they can't keep the same name for moves once you move the confidence, I guess. Uh, but uh, after the suplex, the, the Bumaye, the big knee to the face. One, two, three. Nakamura beats John Cena on SmackDown. And Nakamura will face Jinder Mahal for the WWE Championship at SummerSlam. And I think it's a good little shot in the arm for WWE. Um, you know, Nakamura is the guy that they pushed hard. It hasn't been great since he came up. That's mostly been to who he's working with. But now you put the title in the contention for him. And I'll think, you know, when John Cena's in the title picture, everyone just assumes John Cena's going to win at all times. Mm-hmm. With this, I, I really I can't tell you what WWE's thinking. You know, I think I think one of the big things for Jinder Mahal having the title has been, oh, well, you know, they wanted to get into the India market. Well, okay, that's that's good and great. Well, hell, now you've got a uh, now you've got Nakamura because you're trying to get into Japan more as well. Mm-hmm. So really, you have two guys here who I could see either one of them coming out with the title and WWE being happy because they can appeal to that foreign market. So uh, it's it's going to be cool to see what happens with this. Nakamura and both, both he and John Cena, I think, would be able to help the Hall have a good match mm-hmm. at SummerSlam. So I'm not too worried about that. I think you're going to get a good match here. Um, I just I wonder if WWE's ready to pull the trigger on Nakamura. I mean, hell, they pulled the trigger on Jinder Mahal, which no one ever thought would happen. Yeah. So maybe on SmackDown especially, they're ready to pull the trigger on Nakamura. And I know that would be a really, really popular title reign if that did happen. So uh, we're going to see what happens. I'm interested to see how that buildup's going to go. Yeah, Nakamura's going to have to overcome the Singh brothers. He's going to have to overcome Jinder Mahal in his cheeky ways. But hey, man, he's Nakamura. He's he's part Michael Jackson and uh, like part John Jones. Uh, we're gonna see what happens. It's gonna be cool though. I, I really like where SmackDown is going with their with their SummerSlam matches. 
Fantastic. When when is SummerSlam? Uh, August twentieth. Okay. So we're a couple weeks away. Um, two more Sundays, um, and I believe we have one more Sunday till the return of the Premier League season. So it's all of the same weekend. It's going to be fantastic. So we're going to be talking a lot about the upcoming Premier League season next week. Uh, we will be doing our yearly. Oh God, how did we screw this up? Rankings and pre- uh, season-ending uh, predictions. Um, there will be one incredibly bad relegation pick. There will be at least two incredibly oh, no. bad. <laughs> I said a bad pick. Not <laughs> what are you? What are you talking about? We kid. We kid. Sort of. Um, but that's what we're gonna do next week. Uh, so tune in for that, and I'm sure we'll probably. Maybe have Neymar news to talk about then. We'll, we'll see. Uh, but it's going to be crazy. Uh, thanks one more time for joining us here on episode 169 of the Foreign Affair Podcast presented by NGSC Sports, NGSCSports.com. We never stop, even if this podcast is about to. You can find them on Twitter. You can also find us on Twitter as a collective. We are at AFA Pod. Wes, you are? I am at Edward Green. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube via our, our parent program, the all-new sports show. You can also email us, as someone actually did last week, uh, all-new sports show at gmail.com. Don't act like it doesn't happen all the time. Uh, Nigerian prince trying to give us a million dollars. Actually better. Um, so so do, do uh, write in. Again, that's all-new sports show at gmail.com. This podcast powered by Zencaster, and you can find it wherever great podcasts can be found, including the iTunes Music Store, Google Play Music, Spreaker, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, and Podbean.com. We'll be back for episode 170 next week. Uh, until then, Wes, anything else to add? Uh, and uh, I told you, and I signed a lucrative uh, contract to uh, once again do high school football this year. Yay! Sorry, no. It's Sorry, I'm leaving you. I'm leaving you behind in my rise to the top end. But, uh, yeah. I think you. I think you. I think you'll be okay with it. So, uh, but yeah, folks. Uh, the, the only the only other football that matters is the college and the high school. Uh, getting ready to start August 18th here in the great state of North Carolina. And uh, I'm looking forward to another great year on the gridiron. As long as it doesn't happen on Sundays. What's what's your uh, what's your schedule? Um, I'll get, I, I will give you the the August schedule. We're going to start off Northern Dash versus Orange. Oh God! Oh, well, that's literally like the only local game that we really only only like half the teams are playing week one. So, Wait, uh, we like... got that uh, week two. Uh, Wouldn't Nash Central? I thought Nash Central's what? entire like non-conference schedule was just the Big East. Well, it is, but they're actually not playing that week. What? Yeah, they're not playing that week. I can't figure it out. I don't know what they're doing. They they not have a game schedule. Uh, week two, I will have. Well, week two is Southern Nash versus Nash Central. So there you go. <laughs> And week three, uh, Friday, September first, Tarver versus Northern Dash. Always a fun one for us. Yeah. I'm a bitch. 
Let me see this real quick. I'm going to our favorite high school sports website, big uh, gobiggreen.net. Um, oh God, you remember? Don't you? I have to. I still have <laughs> bookmark. What are you talking about? Uh, yeah, there's only like there's like four or five teams we uh, not playing games on the 18th in our area. And it, it was either Tarver, Plymouth, or Northern National Orange. And I think Northern Boston. Let's see. Fike is at Northern Durham. Hunt is home to Eastern Wayne. Yeah, uh, Northern home to Orange. Rocky Mount is at. Ooh, Rocky Mount's at Middle Creek. Do you, you sure you guys don't want to just come up and do that game? I'll I'll do it with you. I'll do it with you. I'll see. I'll see. I'll see. No, no, no. You know how it is. Oops. Oh, by the way, just so, just so everyone knows now, um, I drive my wife insane now whenever we go to the beach mm-hmm. because as soon as we uh, as soon as we pass the plane at Havelock, I like to utter the words, "Oh, welcome to lovely Havelock, everyone. Home of the sound of freedom and the home of the greatest play in Rocky Mountain football history." It's true. I literally say that every time I go into uh, Avalon now. So. We were there. Um, also, you Same did. Thing, you did actually have a choice for a, a an area matchup week one. Wait, what? What is your week one? The eighteenth. Uh, yeah, eighteenth. Yeah, you could have done Nash Central versus North Edgecombe. Just saying, you. There was a. Oh God. Well, see, I, that's neither one of those had that listed on their actual match schedule. Really. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, they dropped the ball on that, but I'm not telling anybody. That's, that's, that's why <laughs> we trust. I don't want to go to that. I mean, I don't. No, I, I want to go see Orange play. That's like two guys committed to SEC schools. Guys committed where? They sound like two guys committed to SEC schools. Oh, wow. Well, that's, that's probably pretty good. Let me, let me look this up real quick here. What's your, what's your schedule, Chris Lee? What's your schedule? No, this says North Edgecombe. No, no, it's, it's on there. Southern week two, uh, then we've got, uh, I, I have to work that week, so that was like fight hunt. I don't have to do fight hunt, which you know is just, just crushing me. Yeah. Or, or, I'm sorry, I fight betting field, actually. You yeah. know, that's just destroying me inside not having to do that game. Oh, you don't get to uh, see then I've got, uh, I've got Southwest versus Tarboro, and then I've got Rocky Mountain versus Nash Central, which is a non-conference game now. Yeah. And then on the, 20, the 29th of September, uh, is like everybody's bye week. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing Tarver versus Jones Central. Oh. Or Jones Senior. Okay. Yeah, they're, they're the only game in town that week. Um, the next week, uh, da, 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 da. the next week I have Rocky Mount Hunt. And then I've got Hunt Southern Nash. Then Northern vs. Fight, and then of course I will uh, pull Rocky Mountain Northern Nash. Of course you will. I don't do Hunt Fight, sorry. <laughs> but Tom Nelson, he loves you. Well, that's great. I've, I've gotten to a point, I just want to do the games I want to do now. So. <laughs> when you're a big star, you can do that. <laughs> I'm, I'm missing a very important part to me enjoying doing my game. So, you know, now I just wanted to get the one to do it. Aw, you're so sweet. Yeah, poor Clint. He's only going to be in some of them this year. Oh, yeah, you're going too soon. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Oh, because is, is he just, is he going to all the Nash Central home games? Uh, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, sweet. 
I'm I imagine I have an inkling how those games will be done. I'm going to not very well. <laughs> on that note, um, we're going to get on out of here before I lose, make Wes lose his other job. So uh, for, for my calling crime, Wes Bradshaw, I'm Edward Green. And as always, Neymar, you especially tonight, stay safe and get back to enjoying the football. We'll catch you guys next week. Good night, Barcelona. Just take a minute to that. It'll go. <laughs> so would Killian and Mbappe. NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com, where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop.